Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. and welcome to the happy hour half hour edition this comes on every other friday and i always invite a guest that's already been on uh, to come back and just answer a few questions for us and see what's going on in their world Um, and before we get to our guests i want to tell you about our sponsor and it is prep dish prep dish is amazing because it is a healthy subscription meal planning service oh yeah okay elise you're with me today and can i tell you that this service is like the best thing for women in the world and men too but women only women listen to this show because i don't know why a man would ever listen to two women talk but <laughs> anyhow or at least that's what my husband says um so prep dish is a healthy subscription uh, meal planning service and so allison sends you an email every day like i got my email this week and here's the meals that she's telling about listen to this stuff um i could never cook any of this on my own cajun shrimp with mashed cauliflower and broccoli um beef eggplant and zucchini lasagna i mean it's amazing and it's healthy she sends you a grocery list she tells you what to buy she tells you how to put it together and then you prep it and it's in your fridge ready for the week it's just amazing um go to prepdish.com slash happy hour and you'll get a discount on your first month elise welcome to the happy half hour hey thank you jamie thank you it's so good to have you back you were a guest on episode number 89 well which wasn't that long ago um, but I'm just so glad you're back. And I'll tell you what, Elise, on your episode, um, I've had so many parents, moms in particular, tell me how much it meant to them um, in our conversation. So I'm just so thankful for that conversation. And I'll tell you this, too. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I get to volunteer at our local jail um, once a week. And I actually talked to them about something that you and I talked about on the show. And you had a con- you and I had a conversation, and you said something that will stick with me forever. You said so many times you hear people say, like, I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. Right. And you talked about, like, the the fact that, that the Bible doesn't say we need to forgive ourselves, that Jesus forgave us for everything. Yeah. And that was a conversation that will stick with me forever. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, just the, the <laughs> thought of me taking something away from the cross by saying that I also have to forgive myself. When you say it like that, it's like, this is ludicrous. Jesus did it all. Well, and not only that, but I don't, I could never sort of figure out how to forgive myself. I mean, how do you ever get to the place where you say, hey, it's, it's really okay. Right. Sort of never get there. Yeah. And and so the great news is I don't need to. Exactly. And the women in the jail, I mean, you could just see, talk about some of them have some really things they're struggling with letting go of and they think they can, you know, forgiving themselves. And so be able to tell them, it's not your job, it's Jesus' job. Oh, it was so good. So thank you for that. Sure. I'm so glad. Um, okay, now, I'm glad you're on here again because your daughter, Jessica Thompson, has been on here twice already, number 25 and 38. So now y'all are even. <laughs> okay, good. And that's all I care about. I, I knew so- I knew that y'all would care about it. So you're even now. You can tell her 
that neither one of you are, are more special for the happy hour. You're equal. Okay. okay. I'll tell her. <laughs> um, Elise, since we chatted last time, you have a new book out. I do. I do. And I'm so excited about it because it's a book that talks about home, but not that home. Yeah, not, not our home. home that we live in. Right. <laughs> not the home you're living in. The home you're wanting to go to, that sort of eternal home mm. that we're all really homesick for. And, you know, every time we get up and we say, oh, well, this isn't, this isn't supposed to be like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yeah. homesickness. We're yeah. locked to the place where everything is as it's supposed to be. What made you write this book? Well, I went through a time of pretty significant uh, stripping and um, t- disappointment in people who I was trusting, and then uh, the death of a of a beloved uncle who really functioned as my dad, and um, and I really got to the place where I was saying, "Hey, I, you know, this is this is okay where I am here, but." I really want to go home. Mm. And, uh, and that, you know what, when you talk like that, among Christians, you know, when you talk like that, people sort of feel like, oh, well, you must be depressed or you must have a death wish or right. something. And, but, you know, Paul talked like that. Paul said, um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know where I'd rather be. Mm-hmm. I'd rather actually be at home with the Lord because that's very much better. Yeah. But uh, I know I have work to do here, so I'll stay here until I'm there. But, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at. And and then I, I've been able to sort of untether my imagination. And instead of thinking about heaven as this place where we sort of float around on clouds and see through bodies, to think about our eternity being on the new earth in physical bodies that are, oh, ever so much better than mm. we possibly imagine them. And then of course, to be with the Lord. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. I had a conversation with my oldest on the way to school today. There is a young lady at our church that just passed away yesterday, actually. And I mean, just the craziest story is she found out like literally no lie two days before she passed away that she was sick. And it's the craziest thing in the world. But I was telling my son about it this morning that this girl who went to our church and she loves Jesus, she loves people and she passed away. And, you know, he was like, man, it's so sad. And I said, her parents must be so sad. I said, but isn't it crazy that her family is so sad in this moment today, right now, they're so sad and they're grieving and she is so free. Right. And I think that's hard to imagine sometimes when you're grieving, but it's the truth. Yeah. And, you know, to be at a place, I mean, when we die before the Lord returns, when we die, we go to what's called the intermediate state and we're sort of, we're disembodied. You know, you leave your body here, you go to what Jesus called paradise, which is this beautiful walled garden and you rest there with the Lord until he returns to the earth, at which point you get your DNA back mm-hmm. and you become you again. So what that sweet little girl is doing right now is resting in the arms of Jesus in paradise. It's unimaginable. Can't even, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, um, I'm excited about your new book, and I want everyone to get it. You can get it on Amazon um, or wherever books are sold. So that's Home, um, 
And Paul David Tripp wrote the foreword, and I really like that guy. I've never really met him, but I like listening to what he says. So Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Okay, so let's jump into the happy half hour, which is where I yes. just ask you questions, and yep. you, we go from there. So the first one is this. What is something that you've read, watched, or heard that you cannot stop recommending to people these days? Okay. Hillbilly Elegy, which I'm sure you've heard about. I have not. Oh, no, really? Yeah, what is this? Oh, okay. It's written by J.D. Vance. It's Hillbilly Elegy. And it's the story of growing up in rural Kentucky in the Appalachians and then moving like a lot of those people did because of poverty, mm -hmm. moving to uh, industrial centers like in Ohio or Indiana. And it was the story of his life in a very, very disordered home. And I should tell your readers, um, he does talk about the disorderedness of his home. Mm -hmm. And so if reading um, language that maybe would not be acceptable to us is bothersome to you, you don't want to read this book. But he doesn't use the language salaciously. What he does is he talks about how what life was like growing up as a hillbilly that eventually moved to uh, Ohio because of the steel mill that was there. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and, and all of the different fathers that sort of came in and out of his home because his mother was uh, a drug addict. And, um, and the only thing that kept him really from just that same kind of life was a grandmother. He called her mama. Well, a, a grandmother that, even though she lived a very disordered life, loved him and kept telling him, you, you, can, you can do it. You can do it. And he ended up graduating from Harvard Law. That is amazing. You know, my favorite kind of books to read are memoirs. Yep, that's what it is. Because I love getting into someone else's story. Yeah. I mean, and the guy's only 32. So, I mean, you know, he's sort of young to write a memoir. Right. But. But I bet but, he's been through a lot, it sounds like. Oh, my goodness. This, yes, this is a, this is actually a really wonderful book. And, and it was particularly easy, uh, interesting to me because my husband, that's sort of, in some ways, the story of my husband's family. They were uh, hillbillies and then they moved to Ohio and then they eventually moved out here to California. What does the word hillbilly actually mean? Well, you know, that's a good question, and I don't know. Um, I just know these are folks that grow up and even now are in extreme poverty in the Appalachians. Yeah. And it's yeah, almost like another world. It's a complete it's a complete other world. And, uh, you know, the way that they would talk, you know, if somebody insulted your mother, then you go get a gun and shoot them. You know, I mean, <laughs> okay, I just looked up the definition of hillbilly. <laughs> yeah. It says an unsophisticated country person associated originally with the remote regions of the Appalachians. Yeah, that's yeah. it. You're yeah. right, yeah. So I um, actually, Jessica had that book, and she said, oh, Mom, you got to read it because it's the story of Dad's family. And I, not that Phil's family was disordered like that. They were Christians, but they were surrounded by these, by people like this. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really digging that. Okay. I just I can't stop talking about it. That's awesome. <laughs> Anything you watching these days? Um. Well, yes. Um, we've been watching Suits. 
<laughs> my parents watch that and love it. Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, I mean, we're binge watching it. Um, I think we're on season five right now. We've been watching it. One of the reasons I really like it is um, I like looking at the fashion that the women are all wearing. There's <laughs> the women wear these really, really pretty business outfits that I could, you know, never in a million years wear. Right. I, I think it's really pretty. And there is one character in the show, Lewis Litt, who is so messed up and uh, so insecure. And actually, he's my favorite character on the show. That is hilarious. I used to always think that I wanted a job where I wore a nice suit every day. <laughs> until you until, until I realized that actually sounds kind of miserable uh, yeah I mean in the heels these women are wearing Janie I mean I, I, I if a one minute in those heels I would fall down I would break my <laughs> ankle I would fall downstairs and so they wear you know tight sort of pencil skirts and these you know five inch heels it's like seriously how do you how I mean I can't imagine the pain they're in all the time. Crazy, crazy. Um, okay, Elise, I have to tell you about this show that I just watched last night. Yeah. And I would love to hear if you and your family like it because I would trust you guys. Okay, it's called Better Late Than Never. Have you heard about this? No, no. Okay, I've, only, I've only seen one episode, so I can't speak for the whole thing. But it has Terry Bradshaw, uh -huh. George Foreman, William Shatner, and H Henry Winkler. What? Okay, so all of these um, older, oh, like, nice. William Shatner's 85. No, he's not. They said that last night on the show. Oh, Isn't it crazy? God. So it has all of these, like, older men, and they travel to these different um, countries. And it's oh. just, I thought, Aaron, my husband told me about it, and I was like, this is going to be so dumb. I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep, and I kept start, I kept laughing. Like, I could not stop really? watching. Yes. We watched <laughs> it on Netflix, I'm sure. Better I'm... late than never. Okay. okay. Check it out. You know, who knows? Maybe you'll like it. Um, okay, Elise, yeah. you are a, a, a mom, a grandma, an author, a speaker, a podcaster. How do you recharge when life gets crazy? You know, it's what I really love doing is sitting down with a friend and just chatting. And honestly, conversational learning like that amps me up and gets me excited. Mm. So, you know, for me, it's not like go take a walk by the beach or anything. I think I'm, I'm too ADD to do that. But if I can sit down with somebody who, uh, whatever topic we're talking about and they have, you know, an insight to give me that amps me up. I love that. And it, and it recharges me. It really does. That's really good. And I know in a crazy world, sometimes it's hard to fit that in, but whenever we know what recharges us, yeah, we can find time for it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay, what technology can you just not live without? Okay, so Jessica tells me that I have to be on Instagram, you know. Uh-huh. So, I mean, she tells me all the things I have to do. I, I, she's now my mother. And um, so I, I said, I, I need some apps to do that because I can't figure it out. So Typerama and Layout on Instagram, those two different apps help me sort of figure out how to do, I mean, the Instagram thing is totally different than the Facebook thing. Yes. What is, what are the apps help you with Instagram? Well, so Typerama, you choose a picture or you can upload your own and then you couldn't put text on top of it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. So all kinds of different text and then layout. If you want to put more than one photo, 
like four photos, you can lay them out and then put them into Typorama and put text on them. And so those are the things that you're loving with Instagram. Yes. Love it. Instagram's my favorite social media. Well, you know, I don't think I really get it, Jamie. I mean, tell me, what's the difference? I mean, I know you put pictures up. Uh As far as communication, I mean, what's, what's the difference between that and, say, the Twitters? The Twitters. I love that. Um, I don't use Twitter that much because to me, it's so much and so fast that I can't hardly keep up. Mm. So I'll look at it and see like, you know, 15 things and I may click on some articles. That would be what I would like Twitter for is to find some articles. But right. Instagram, I really love when people can put a good picture up and tell me a really quick short story about it. Got to me, it. that's interesting. Got it. And Facebook, so, it seems so loud to me. Yeah. Well, tell me what you mean by that. It means I go to Facebook and I see so much that I'm not interested in. Yeah. And so much <laughs> wait, that. Wait. You don't want to, you don't want to know what color they just painted their toenails. I, it's not even that. It's, it's just, <gasps> I don't even know how to describe it. Besides, it just seems loud to me. Yeah. And oh. in my day, I don't need loud. Right. But they each have their different purposes, I feel, too. Instagram's just my favorite right now. I think think Instagram is the favorite of a lot of people who are sort of younger and artsy. Maybe. I I like that to be called younger and artsy. I'll take that. There you go. I'll take it any day. Okay, Elise, what's a dream you had for yourself when you were younger that never came true? I wanted to go to art school and be a commercial artist. And why didn't it come true? I got pregnant. (laughs) I bet so many women have like, they had the exact same sentence that you just said. I wanted to do this and then I got pregnant. Well, there was a problem because I wasn't married. Oh yeah. So that would be another problem as well. (laughs) I can't believe I just sort of said that publicly. Okay. It's okay. Is that not public? Oh no, it's sort of public. Okay. It's like my first marriage before I was, (laughs) I just said that publicly too. (laughs) Christian. That's all my, you know, BC stuff. I got it. I got it. I have stuff even in my AC. So there's that. You well, know. Why? But we're not talking. About <laughs> um, so you wanted to be a commercial artist. I did. I did. Like when I was in high school, my senior year of high school, I, I had done all my other stuff. And I mean, I was taking four art classes. And what I really wanted to do was go to the LA Art Institute. And, um, and then, yep, nope, that ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel like you use any of that desire anymore or is it gone? Uh, you know, from time to time I will, I will draw or I will paint. Um, um, several of my kids have paintings that I've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not going into any museum anywhere. (laughs) But they're yours. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I, I think all of my creative juices these days come out of my fingers onto my keyboard. In words, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. that's good. Um, at least when you think of some of your best friends, what are some characteristics about them that make them so dear to you? Well, you know, they've seen me at my worst, and they've even been the object of my worst. Oh, that's good. And they're still there. And they're still there. And they go, yeah, you'll get over it. Just <laughs> It's yeah. good to have a friend that has seen you at your worst and even experienced some of your worst and they're still standing right next to you. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, there's that thing where I cannot talk to them for three weeks 
and we pick up the conversation again. Yeah. Exactly. Those, those are the best kind. Yep. There's less pressure. Yeah. There's like, it, it, it's one of those kinds of things where when you're with them, there is no pretension. There's no, I'm kind of worried that of what they might think. There's no, you know, it's just, it's just like being at home. I love it so much. Love yeah. it. Um, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Okay, well, someone told me that when Princess Diana first um, became Princess Diana, the queen told her, when you're out traveling around or meeting people, when you have the opportunity to use the bathroom, use it. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I was waiting, I was expecting something completely different. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, it's that's the best advice. It's like when you're out and you have an opportunity to use a bathroom, use it. Because you never know. Because you never know. <laughs> you never know. Is that like profound or what? That is profound. And you know what? That is some of the most frustrating thing with me with raising an eight-year-old right now is that I say all the time, like, we were just at home. Why do you have to go to the bathroom right now? Right. <laughs> I'm right. going to give her that advice. Listen, when you yes. have the opportunity, let's use it. And I thought you were going to say, like the queen said, when you're out, just remember you always represent the kingdom or something. And then you were going to like go into some spiritualness about representing the kingdom. That's even better. Yeah. When you can, when you get a chance to use the loo, use it. Use it. That's exactly right. Um, what do you think is one thing you do that is directly tied to your success? Um, well... I I watched a thing, Phil and I watched a documentary last night about people who have climbed uh, El Cap and half, El Capitan and Half Dome in Yosemite. Uh -huh. And when they first started doing that, nobody had ever done it before and they were afraid to do it and they weren't sure that they could. And the first guy, it took him like two years up and down the, the face of the of the rock and then, but now people climb it in a day and they do it, uh, a free climb. They do free climb speed climbing. That, that has zero interest to me. Oh my goodness. You, this, it, we've been to Yosemite and we've watched people do it. It's insane. I mean, you, you, they look like little teeny dots up on this wall. Hmm. Um, but the deal that I thought was so interesting, which ties into your question is they said, you know, once we saw that one person could do it, then we knew it was possible to be done. Mm. And that's kind of, I, that's sort of how I've lived my life in the sense that if I can, if I can see that someone else has done something, um, then I know that it's possible to be done. And so then I can try to do it. Now, whether or not I'm going to be able to do it well or, you know, actually follow through. But, you know, just the, just the knowledge that if somebody else can do it, then I should be able to do it too. I think that, you know, uh, when it comes to writing books or speaking or doing any of the things, if somebody else can do it, well, then I probably can too. It's just saying I can try. Yeah. I can try. And you know what? That ties back to that Hillbilly Elegy book which is basically he discovered the same thing, which is other people are able to get through school, to get scholarships. Why can't I? Hmm. That's good. That's good. And I think I was thinking about that with my kids too. Like how do we instill that in them? Right. Tell, tell them. I mean, you know, 
Yeah. So good. I love that. If, if someone else can do it, you can try. Um, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about this. What is a pet peeve that you have? Well, you know, my, my, one of my pet peeves is cats on planes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, just like cats on planes or cats in general? Well, cats in general, but particularly cats on planes. But now I have a new one and it sort of goes along with it. Dogs in restaurants. Oh yeah. I mean, seriously, can you not go to the restaurant without your puppy? <laughs> okay, so is this a restaurant where people are sitting outside, or is this like indoors, the dog is next to them? Well, they're, do they're doing both now. We, we do they, that a lot here in Austin. They do. It's like, seriously, leave your dog at home. <laughs> I don't, you know, I had a friend who was telling me she had to step over this big dog to get to her table. Oh, my goodness. That's well. Not. I'm I'm gonna send I'm gonna text you a picture next time we're out and we have our dog with us <laughs> at the restaurant. Um, okay. I, I love, but I'll never have a cat on a plane. No, no, please. And and we just we just talked on our podcast about things that are pet peeves on planes, and one of them is please don't wear any cologne. Men, oh, yes, women. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. We, were, we were flying home from Brazil last week, and this one flight attendant, who was actually really a lovely guy, I think he poured an entire bottle of cologne on himself. And you were with him for like three days on the flight. Oh, man. Seriously. Oh, no. You know what I have? It's not a pet peeve. It's what I think is one of the grossest things that anyone could ever do in their entire life, and that is whenever I travel, whenever you travel internationally, you're on the flight forever, right? Right. I want to vomit every time I see someone walk to the bathroom without their shoes on. <laughs> I I literally I, I want to look at them and be like, you're standing in pee. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why you couldn't slip your shoes back on together. It's so gross to me. It's so gross. And people go barefoot. Yeah, no, 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 please. Oh. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what I do have, which I don't know if this is going to gross you out or not. But like I have a pair of socks that are flight socks. Oh, right? me too. Like, okay. Not, yeah. But I won't, I, I'll, I'll wear those. I'll wear those into the bathroom. Oh, I see what you're saying, but they're not, you're not wearing them with your shoes. No. Okay. But that probably grosses you out. I don't know. It's a little, I have saw, I always carry socks with me on a flight. Yeah. And I wear them instead of my shoes. And then I traveled last year and it was international. And um, at least when I went to put my shoes back on, my feet were so swollen I couldn't get them on. Right. You well, got to plan ahead with what shoes you bring to on a flight, a long flight. Well, and you need to wear compression socks. You know, I need some of those. Someone told me I need those. Yeah. Compression socks. You need them. Because I was so swollen. I mean, I basically <laughs> look like I'm in pajamas when I get on an international flight. It's just oh, yeah. there's yeah. no need to wear anything besides comfy clothes. Well, right. You wear your PJs. Of course you do. You can tell people who fly all the time because they wear their pajamas. Yes. Yes. Especially <laughs> on long flights. They know what they're doing. Well, uh, okay. So what is something you're struggling with lately? Well, I love to swim and that's my exercise. And for some reason I can't make it to the pool. Why? What's happening? You know, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I swam the other day and I said, Phil, I don't know why I can't swim. But part of the deal is Phil's all into Pokemon, you know. This is your <laughs> husband, right? My 66-year-old my husband. <laughs> okay, like Pokemon Go? Like Pokemon Go. Okay. Okay. So then he likes to go down to this park near us. And, um, yeah, we um, I go walk with him. I don't know. I'm, I'm not still... into Pokemon. 
I, I have a 13-year-old who has this on his phone, and I still don't understand what you do. Oh, you capture creatures. And I just don't get that. <laughs> I don't understand that. And then what happens? You well, get points? Well, yes, you get points. You capture creatures and you get points. And then you can go to a gym and fight people and get points. And then you have to go to a pokey stop and get pokey <laughs> balls to get the creatures. And then you and then you get to go up in your levels. I think my husband's like a level 23 or something. Is that good? Well, I think so. Okay, well, way and, to go. And then you get to brag. Oh, okay, yeah. And that, you know, I mean, the whole point is that he, you know, he tells Jessica and our, our son Joel, he tells them, uh, I'm a level 23, where are you? Are, and Jessica and Joel are playing as well. Oh, yes. And the children are <laughs> Their children are playing. This is, it's like a family, it's bringing your family together. Well, the one thing it's doing, and this was so funny to me, Jamie, was... Um, you know, you see all these people who basically haven't been out of the house in six months. Yeah. The gamers. And, uh, you know, they're all dressed in black and they're used to just sitting in front of their computer. And they're out now catching creatures. That's right. Getting sunlight. Their eyes are probably hurting. Yes. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Oh, I love it so much. I have not personally played, but I watch my son play or whenever we go someplace. Like we were out walking around the other day. He's like, this is going to be a perfect place for whatever, yeah. whatever terms he yeah. said. To get pokey, to, to get, get features. There you go. There you go. Um, Elise, I love every time we get to chat. And thank so you. thank you for coming on the happy hour again. And I will put all the links up to everything we chatted about and encourage people to go get your new book home. Um, how heaven and the new earth satisfy our deepest longings. And isn't that the truth? So thank you for writing. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, you're a blessing to all of us. So thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jamie. Really appreciate it. Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.